Check, check out their pants. <laughs> you boys waiting for a flood? <laughs> hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on core temp arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Welcome to another episode of Podstalgic. This is a movie podcast where we take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. And for this episode, we are going back and reviewing for its 35th anniversary, The Outsiders, the complete novel. Uh, joining me on this review, uh, I have two people this time around. It's been a while. Uh, they were last on, I believe, the coverage for Mighty Ducks 1, 2, and 3, uh, returning to play uh, Sherry. Is um or Cherry, Sherry, whatever. Uh, Liz, how you doing, Liz? <laughs> Hi, I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Thank you for coming back. Uh, I know we talked about some other movies for for your first return, but uh, you know those soon come. And I think I think I heard through the grapevine that there's supposed to be like some some type of takeover too, where some episodes will just pop up on my show, uh, hosted by you <laughs> and you and uh, the other here. Uh, but also joining, uh, I needed somebody uh, edumacated to play the Soch, so I got uh, Devin from uh, the Liquor Run podcast. We got five and uh, all over TV in my brain. Ah, yes. Uh, I don't know how I should feel about being a Soch because that's uh, not good. But appreciate you. I uh, happy to be here. I didn't. I didn't want to call you a greaser and have you try to make comparisons to greasers and a different type of class of people. Oh yeah, I was like, I are you know. calling? I was about to say, are you calling me? The, <laughs> never mind. I'm not gonna say it. Not gonna say it. <laughs> It's a it's a family show. How you doing, Pete? Well, a Jace. I mean, it started out that way, but it's really whatever. Um, Can I say the N word on this? I forgot. You have. <laughs> okay, you didn't sure. ask, but you did it. <laughs> okay, I was right, about to right. say. Am I allowed to say it? I, I feel there's the episodes that you bid on where you know um, the, the 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 labels were explicit, you know, so. Uh, they the all my shows are clean until somebody swears and then it becomes explicit. So it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, I mean, we are here to talk about the outsiders. But before that, uh, Liz, uh, you've been on before, like I mentioned, uh, American President was also one of the movies. Uh, but uh, can you tell the listeners uh, some of the other stuff that you do if this is the first time they've heard you on the show? I am one of the rotating hosts on TV Ate My Brain, the official TV podcast for Quartem Barts. And <laughs> I cover uh, Riverdale right now with Carly, which is a lot of fun. The CW, it's ridiculous with their drama and cheese factor, but we get a lot of uh, enjoyment out of that and talking about it. And sometimes I record Nashville with Devin, but that doesn't happen all that often. Only when he's available. Or we record it and then the episodes never come out, so that happens too. <laughs> this, this there was extenuating circumstances <laughs> because of that. <laughs> but yeah, so Riverdale's got um, a couple more episodes before the season uh, ends. We'll be back for season three, and uh, Nashville is going to finish off its six-season run back in June. So the last, uh, I think, eight episodes maybe. And so, I will have no responsibility, so I'm good. Okay, well, we have this on recording, so we'll see. Uh, but, but Devin, you've been on numerous episodes as well. Uh, if they haven't heard about the Liquor Run podcast or 
the show that I do with you, we got five. Um, well, you know, we we, co- we started co- collaborating uh, about three years ago. Uh, your first couple episodes, because we did a back-to-back episode, was um, uh, Major League 1 and 2. Uh, uh, yeah, 1 is uh, your favorite movie of all time. But you've been on uh, a bunch of other ones, too. But, uh, yeah, tell the listeners uh, what else you do if they haven't heard you on Podstalgic. Uh Well, obviously, uh, we got five uh, occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I have time, uh, and I have a podcast with my two cousins, the Liquor Run Podcast, and right now we're covering The Walking Dead. It's like mostly TV shows. We just did the OJ special, which I have to edit, but we did do so. Uh, lots of times when we do OJ stuff, Liz is our official unofficial fact checker, so that's fun. Yeah, those were those were great. The well, what was the, the the first one that that came out? The um the, FX the network. Show. The, yeah. There we go. The FX. Yep, you guys were on that. Those were amazing. I uh, quite enjoyed those. Now this movie, I didn't know it, but it actually came out the day after I was born. Uh, so March twenty fifth, nineteen eighty three. Some of the other movies that came out that I'm not too familiar with at all, really, other than this one. This was actually um, numbered. Number two uh, that weekend, but uh, number one was a movie called Spring Break. Uh, Max Dugan Returns is another, and also The Black Stallion Returns. Either of you guys seen any of those movies? No, not at all. I got in trouble as a kid ordering a couple Spring Break uh, movies. Yeah, sounds about right. I mean, is that like Girls Gone Wild? Or <laughs> I think that's yeah, Girls Gone Wild was about mid to late nineties, right? I think that's yeah, yeah, sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, I went full seventeen ninety nine and got crazy because I, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't know what I was like. Just okay, bye. And that that bill came, and that was some awkward conversations. I, I bet it was. Uh, speaking of, well, I don't know if this is awkward conversation, but the the, the story in the context of the uh, number one song at the time of this movie's release, "Billie Jean" by Michael Jackson. Wow. Not my love. Yeah. This was uh, number one for seven weeks. Seven weeks at the time. Uh, Come on, Eileen. Knocks that off of the number one spot for a week and then beat it rules for the next three weeks. <laughs> okay. Wow. So I've, I, I'm, I'm glad Billie Jean's brought up because, like, I've been having this conversation, like, once on the road trip back and then I was talking to Jamel about it. Uh, Peter, you're a Michael Jackson fan. I am. What, uh, this, that's the song where he says, gonna dance on the floor in the round, right? Yes. What does that mean to you? Or because we dance on the floor in the round, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I take it kind of literally. Like, he's uh, on the dance floor. You that's know, what, people you, that's kinda, what you think that means? Is that what I, you I think know. that I've, means? I've, I've, never, I've never broke that down in uh, the, the lyrics there. Uh, because we danced on the floor in the round? Like, that, that doesn't, that doesn't, y'all don't, you don't think. What are you getting like, at? Like, isn't that like in the bed they fucked? Isn't that what that means? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't take it that way. Why why wouldn't that mean that? I mean, I guess I'd have to really sit there and. Well, because what is the song the about? I think we'd what have to, it? yes, dissect all of the lyrics for context. So. Right. It, is it the song about him making a child that he claims is not his? Yes. Right? But he's saying, is not my lover. But he said because we dance on the floor in the round, and doesn't that just mean sex? Like, I, so I'm like, am I tripping to think that means sex? 
I would have Who to wrote read. The song? I, don't know. I would have Again, to read yeah. all the lyrics and break it down because right. I don't. Right. I don't just, know them just off that the top alone, of my head. I know. Yeah, right. I we, swear we I thought context. that always meant that like he had sex, like they had sex. Not my lover. She's just a girl who thinks who that went? I'm the one. Who? Yeah. But the kid is not my son. Right. But he's not. He never says he doesn't. He didn't sleep with her. Again, we definitely uh, get the lyrics. He says it literally. <laughs> She's not my I lover. Think, <laughs> right? I feel like that's like a more like a... Uh... Maybe they just danced in the round at the club, and so she's, the, you know, trying to spread some, you know, that's... Oh, okay. That could be it. That could be it. <laughs> I always thought that bit, I always thought that bit he fucked. Well, well, but Devin, I, I don't, I'm not saying you're wrong, but we, again, we'd have to look at the lyrics, you know? Yeah. I, I, that's just what I always thought it meant. Like, I could be wrong. I'm just saying. I, always I mean, thought it you, you might be right, though, so... I mean, and then, uh, what's his face? Justin Bieber had a very similar song called Maria. Who? The Biebs. Oh. I take you for a Justin Bieber kind of guy, no? Yeah, he's, 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 he's all right. I don't know he's that song, but I'm I'm pretty sure I've heard it, bro. Yeah. Maria. No, it's it's basically Justin Bieber's version of Billie Jean. Oh, but, okay. um, all right. So, uh, The Outsiders, you know, it is based on the, the novel by, uh, who is it? S.E. Uh, Hinton, I think it was. And, Correct. um. Yeah, it, it stars uh, quite a bit of people, uh, very uh, young actors who are, most of them, which, of which are still working today. Um, the Curtis Brothers, uh, Ponyboy, played by C. Thomas Howell, uh, Derry, played by the late Patrick Swayze, and Soda Pop Curtis was also uh, Rob Lowe. Uh, we also got Emilio Estevez, uh, playing 2-Bit Matthews, Tom Cruise as Steve. Diane Lane, a very beautiful Diane Lane here, uh, plays Sherry, a.k.a. Cherry. And, uh, oh yeah, Ralph Macchio, Johnny Cade. He, uh, Ralph is going to be coming back soon to do the uh, Cobra Kai series, which I'll be covering on the show as well. Yes, I'm really looking forward to that. It looks really good. And I do like the approach that they're not trying to be like serious. You could tell it's still a comedy, and I think that's the right way to go. So Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Liz, starting with you, uh, is this the book that you read in school? Uh, I know it is a very popular one that they, you know, introduce to students. I, surprisingly, I did not read this book in high school, and I'm not sure if I ever read it, but if I did, it would have been on my own, but it's hard to, like, remember because the movie is so familiar, so I, I don't... Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, um, but no, I don't believe we ever had that on any reading lists in any of the classes I was in in, in high school. Interesting. So, when did you, um, do you recall the, like, the first time you saw the movie? I was so young that I don't remember. <laughs> I just remember I've always known of, you know, I've always known of this movie. I've always watched it. So, it's a. Probably well before I should have been watching it, and I had a lot of questions, which now watching it as an adult were kind of answered. So, all right, hopefully, yeah. hopefully you bring up some of those questions. Yeah, uh, Devin, what what about you? I know that your motto is read less. Uh, was this one that you read middle school, high school? Yeah, I was forced to read uh, in uh, middle school. I don't remember if it was sixth or seventh grade. That all blurs at this point because I'm washed as fuck or freak. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to catch myself. Well, I uh, mean, you you swore. I mean, you already dropped the F-bomb twice talking about Billie Jean. Oh, did I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that was because we were so talking about the funny. song. You tried to censor yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I can go full bore. Yeah. So all that shit gets blurry nowadays, like, because I'm so old. But, uh, yeah, and then I watched it 
uh, in, in school. So I always had like a soft spot because I identify not identify with it, but it got me at a young age. So yeah, I enjoyed it. I will, what about the movie? When did you see the movie? Yeah, like we read it in class and then we watched the movie afterwards. So that was sixth or seventh grade. What what age is that? Uh, 12, 13, 13? 13, 14, Yeah, yeah. I um I I think it was seventh grade that I also uh, read the book. Um, and you know, being a movie fan, I immediately uh, to use Devin's word there, uh, I went to the blockbuster to rent the movie. So after I read it, I watched it, and then we watched it in class. And when they played it in class, they also gave us like a this paper with, with like all these questions to answer while you're watching the movie but like uh, i already saw the movie so i was able to like go ahead and oh, answer answers. beforehand like, <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just and so, yeah and i don't i don't really i mean it's so long ago i don't know what i did during the movie if i just went ahead and watched it again but clearly it made an impact on me that i was like oh i need to go see the movie version of this you know and or maybe it's just because i love movies and i was just like i'd rather watch the movie anyway but i didn't know well Obviously, we didn't know that there was a lot of deleted scenes uh, in the theatrical release. Uh, this one, for this review, we're going to be talking about the complete novel. Devin, did you watch the two-hour version or the hour-and-a-half version? Yeah, it was two hours. Okay, good. So we all watched the same thing. Uh, one of the biggest differences, um, because when the complete novel came out, I went uh, I went to go buy that. I think that was like in 2005 or something. Uh, one of the big things was the addition of like different type of music. So there, uh, I think... I think, you know, uh, being a Francis Ford Coppola, uh, Coppola movie, it was a little bit more like somber and melodramatic type of music. This one, even during those really somber scenes, you get like kind of a upbeat, you know, mm-hmm. 60s vibe. Yeah. So that that's one of the big differences in this uh, in this version. Liz, did you notice the music change? You know, I don't remember the music before, but the music was super obvious throughout this viewing for me. Um, It was also, like, the sound wasn't great on my TV for some reason, so, like, the music was super loud, but, like, the talking wasn't. So the music was um, kind of uh, just really, really obvious. Yeah, me. I think they added like Elvis music and stuff too. You know, and, and that was, and that. I wanted to look at. I'm an Elvis fan, but I didn't quite recognize specifically any of the songs. But they, it did sound like Elvis, and I wanted to look mm. up the songs to see how many of them were actually Elvis songs, and how many of them were just guys who kind of have that same, like Roy similar or something, similar or... <laughs> voice kind of, you know. Yeah, the complete novel they added about uh, 22 minutes, I think it was, and. Uh, I think I read that uh, Francis Ford. I, I can't just say him, uh, say Francis. The director <laughs> is I don't know how what to call him Frank, uh, but the director Frank he A. Frank A. Um, hey ho, oh, right to take it back to our uh, uh, sister act two review there, but white people I, always appropriated. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm also uh, I, and I also read that he also kind of cut down some scenes. Uh, to uh, for pacing, but he also added back uh, a bunch of other scenes to kind of um, you know like one scene uh, early on in the movie. There's a scene where Soda and Pony, Pony Boy were like laying in bed at night and they were talking, you know. And Soda's like, "Hey, are you cold?" And he kind of turns over to like hold him, 
Like that's that's all added in. Like that wasn't yeah. part yo, of the original. I mean, yo, did that say fuck with you? I'm like, what is happening? Well, but that's you the know, reason it was removed. Uh, I'm in the sure because it was super intimate, and I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure people in the 80s would not have been okay with that. Like it, it wasn't gay because they're brothers and they're very close. And I think it was really nice to see that in there because you really get a feel for how close their relationship is. Which right. I don't think in the original version it came across as well, besides just Pony Boy always saying mm. that, you know, Soda was his, his person kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I didn't think, I, I'm just like, that's weird. Of course you did. <laughs> like, <laughs> why bro, does like, it why have you... to be weird? The other thing, too, is like, he's still a child. He's only 13, or he just turned 14 like a month before this all takes place. So he's still very much a little kid who doesn't have parents. And this is his 17 or 18 year old brother who's giving him comfort and stuff. So, you know. Yeah. I'm a very affectionate person. (laughs) Like, I feel like you you guys should know that about me. I'm just saying. I've gotten a hug from you. I I know this. Liz doesn't want a hug from me. But the point is, is that it was a little weird for me. Why? Okay, I, I, I have to admit that the way the soda turns over to hold him was, was like a couple. You know? Yeah, it was um, like he spooned yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, like, what is happening here? So that's it, though. Yeah, just the way he turns around kind of slowly, and like it, it seemed like really intimate. But other than that, I was fine with him holding him because he's cold. You know, his brother's cold. And yeah, he's I don't think, to like, warm. no, that's what I say. Like, I don't want to, like, give out the impression that I think they're gay or anything. I was just like... I know it's like like even like my dad like he kisses me I'm like bro don't do that I'm a grown ass man that's weird I think though that they had to have a way to show you like I said how he is still a little kid how he's missing this affection from you know you'd probably get from your parents and we don't you know know how long they've been gone but um, he is still a kid and he needs these people in his life. And then shortly after there, he's ripped from them basically. And the threat of being permanently ripped from them is always kind of hanging out there. Like he's going to get sent somewhere else and get mm. separated. So it's these also these tough, tough greasers who fight all the time are actually really gentle and loving with each other. They really sure. are. I mean, and that's one thing that I picked up on on this viewing is that there's a lot of there's a lot of crying and hugging, you know, yeah. from the greasers who are supposed Nigga, to be like these hardened right? criminals. I was like, <laughs> like it, it almost uh, like towards the end, at least, it started becoming like oh, another another like, like crying and hugging scene, <laughs> like um, and like... and the, but I do like it because uh, again, like I, I kind of misremembered that they were just all just very tough because you hear that word a lot too, tough, 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 and you know mm-hmm. you got uh, guys like Dally, um, Johnny kind of plays a part, but you know he's still like he's supposed to be like sixteen in this movie, um, and Derry. That's really it. But everybody else are pretty just regular guys. Um, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the the group real quick uh a list of the greasers like did anybody stand out this time around or what are your thoughts are uh, of some of the characters mm-hmm. um the the one other scene i wanted to mention too that was added in which was always confusing to me when i was a kid was he uh pony boy you could see in some of the scenes he had a scab on his neck or he had yep. something, and I remember being a kid, like, is that a mole? Is that right. a scab? It's weird looking. <laughs> like, what's wrong with his neck? Well, 
now, you know, I'm watching, and I didn't at first realize this was an extended cut, and uh, they have the opening scene where he's, you know, beat up, and they cut his neck with a knife, and so I was like, oh, finally, now that makes sense. But, yeah, so even though they're so mad at him because he was walking alone and he shouldn't have been, they still will basically almost kill themselves trying to defend him and chase off, you know, the socias. So they all were very uh, loyal to, like, you know, it, it wouldn't have mattered what anybody was doing. They were there for you, which I think is an interesting dynamic. Um, but specifically what I noticed, I think more as an adult from when I was a kid was dairy kind of being really harsh and, uh, parental where when I was a kid, I was like, Oh God, yeah, he is always yelling at him. Yeah, he isn't fair. It isn't fair. And he isn't this. And now as an adult, I'm like, he's just doing the best he can. He's really supposed to only be like 23. He has to, you know, support a whole household being a roofer and, he wasn't really supposed to be this way. So when you hear them say he, the only reason he's not a social is because of us. Well, he played football and he could have done all these other things, but he's there raising them and working a kind of a shitty job. So that kind of hit me a little bit differently this time because he is a little resentful. And I think that does come out wrong, but the extended cut has all those extra scenes where they're kind of talking about that and addressing it a lot more where, you know, the original cut when I'm a kid, he almost seems like a villain, which he's not. He's just right. Has to be the adult. He has to be the grown up. He He's pretty much the only adult uh, throughout this movie too. So uh, <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, you touched on the part that they added in the very beginning. And I really appreciated that too, because again, just like you, I was just like, what is that on his neck? Is that a leech? Like, I don't know, because I've seen Stand By Me. <laughs> yes. uh, <laughs> you know, so I, I never understood what that was. And I did, uh, I'm glad they added that and perhaps that they removed it um, originally because, you know, it, it's violence, right? So I think the original cut was probably PG. I am reading right here on Wikipedia that it got re-rated by the MPAA as PG-13 because of the violence and, you know, some of the added stuff to but, it. But, you know, what's weird, and I don't know what year this happened, but they didn't used to have PG-13 ratings. So I bet in 1983 they didn't even have that. So they had to either make it, make it PG or make it R and add that, you know, the extra stuff in. It was uh, 1984, and from what I remember reading, I think it was like uh, Temple of Doom and Gremlins is what pushed it over to PG-13. Mm. So those are the two movies there. Um, Devin, what about you? Uh, anything stand out with these uh, group of greasers this time around? Did you have like a favorite uh, greaser or anything? I mean, obviously Coach Bombay. I mean, we gotta <laughs> we gotta hey, start right there. Me too. I mean, two Bit Matthews, man. That's my favorite greaser. He's got right, all the look. lines. Yeah, um, he's got so much did, character. He really, and I think from what I read, he didn't. He added that all himself, Emilio Estevez. Wow. Like, um. Uh, so this isn't something I'm proud of, but um, sometimes I, I partake in the uh, the debacky, right? And uh, you know, it's a it was a bad habit I picked up overseas. And um, so sometimes when somebody sees me put like a little pinch in my mouth, uh, I I can't believe I'm talking about this. But anyway, if somebody sees me and they give me a look, I'll be like, "You want some? We'll put hair on your chest." And I say that because of this movie. <laughs> so that always stuck with like me. Like chewing tobacco. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't, didn't know, know that, Bobby. Huh? 
Yeah. You do but that for I'm real? Not, I do, but I'm not like you know like. Is that those... what they had in the Sandlot? Is that that's what that is? That's what you're talking about, like tough stuff. Where they like yeah, throw but up? I, I, well, I I never have it like so big in my lip that you know I look like a baseball player. It's just oh. a, just a little pinch, just for that little bit of kick, and I continue to you know help you throughout oh, my day. Okay. So all right, hey, the more you know, I, I did not know I, that, Peter. It's not something I tell people. Yeah. So you, wanna, like, you don't want to smoke a, a Lucy or something? <laughs> a Lucy? Oh, right, right, right. A cancer <laughs> stick, perhaps. Right, 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 right. <laughs> no, I've I've never been a smoker. Which? So. Why were they calling them cancer sticks? Don't you think in the sixties that I don't think wasn't... they knew that, right? <laughs> they didn't know. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. I was like, oh, he said cancer stick. I'm like, why are you smoking it then? We'll we'll come like, back to that. But uh, Devin, go ahead and start with your uh, coach Bombay. Oh yeah, like honestly, like. To y'all, to me, like first off, like he felt more like a brother than Rob Lowe. Like I was like, yes. like is is Rob Lowe only in this movie like two times? Like <laughs> I didn't remember him like like it was that cuddle scene and the crying scene at the end. I'm like that's it. Like that's that was really which those were, and yeah. that was and then that crying scene at the end was added in, mm-hmm. and the bed yep. scene was added in. So that's why I said originally when you watched the first cut. Besides them telling you Soto was the one he was the closest to, you never really saw it in the movie. Okay, yeah, so, yeah, I, I love, but I did love uh, his, also, his car was literally pushed to start. Like, that was, like, <laughs> the first thing I noticed. Like, he's like, y'all want to give me a push? Like, they're like, nah, not really, nigga. And then, like, okay. But, yeah, uh, he was definitely my favorite, and I hated Dally. Dally, Dally's a douche, but, you know, there's one in every group. Right, there's, there's. Um, he's a terrible person, but more on that later. But he's, uh, he's also got some really bad lines, and he hates kids. And I feel like they were hitting us over the heads with it, you know. Especially like the second time he, he, um, he encounters one where he takes like Johnny and Pony Boy to go grab something to eat, and like, oh, the, uh, the Dairy Queen, uh, Dairy Queen, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just, it's like, well, what's. Oh, and then he's chasing the kids like early on in the movie too, and they're not even like scared of him at first, and he. I think yeah, that then he just him he's off. a dick. He's like, "Give me your freaking playing cards. Have you ever played fifty-two card pickup? Nah, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna throw them on the ground and then chase you away. Like, what a douche! Like, yeah, yeah, he kind of was. I hate him. But well, no, and it perpetuates that stereotype too when they're at the drive-in and he's so over the top with Cherry and really, Sexually really harassing her. You mean? Yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yep. And then the worst part is then she's like. Oh, if I never see him again, but I'll probably, I'll probably just probably fall, fall in love with him. Yo, but it's that, like, I was like, bro, why? Like, what the why? fuck? Yes. But it's true. I mean, certain times, I mean, that was a really heavy example, but there is, like, some women that is true that if someone's a jerk to them, they, for whatever reason, that negative attention makes them feel some type of way, and I don't know. I think Does that it's, work with you, Liz? Uh, I didn't say that, but. In, you know, high school when they're young, too young to know any better, I guess. But, like, that's not how you want someone to treat you. No. No, not at all. And I'm I'm glad, you know, Johnny has that line, too, where he, you know, he kind of steps in. Um, the Some of the other lines that I really like about uh, 2-Bit, again, he I feel like he's got all the, the comedic lines. You know, like when uh, Randy comes to talk to Ponyboy, like after he sees Ponyboy's name in the newspapers... Two Bit Matthews is out there with a bunch of uh, greasers and socias, and he's like laughing at like the uh, the length of their pants, you know, mm. like being high waters. So yes, yes. Did y'all notice the part where they were at the hospital and he went to go buy Gone with the Wind, and he came back and it was a used book? Did y'all notice that, or was that just me? 
Uh, I mean, I'm sure he couldn't afford a brand new one. They sell used books in the uh, in the uh, library. I mean, in the hospital in the gift shop. I don't. Yeah, oh, I mean, maybe, I don't. Maybe. I don't. I I mean, I wouldn't be that surprised if in that, a hospital that, that they had used books because there's so many people. There was no other entertainment, right? I mean, I guess they did. Did they have a TV in his room? Which I feel like would have been weird in the '60s. I don't, I, think I don't so. No, I, I doubt it. But but no, also you just can look at about, it anyway at that point. The uh, I think the movie takes place in like Tulsa, Oklahoma, too. So I mean, you're right. talking about like uh, you know rural, and there's there, there's no Walmart or Target. You know what I mean? They got like all these mom and pop shops that you know probably get a customer once a week. So uh, they wouldn't have any new books. I just, I just felt it was like weird that he wouldn't bought this new book. I thought it was gonna be a new book. I guess I just anticipated it being new, and then it was okay. like folded on the corner. Well, like, but yeah, I, I was like, but what the I think that they here? would have cheap books that were used because people would need entertainment. They didn't have mm-hmm. magazines like we probably have in abundance today, and your, you know, your phone. Like people in the hospital now, as I'm sure you can tell us, have their own sources of entertainment. Uh, they don't need crying. that. So. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you, but uh, also I wouldn't tell you where I could get a book today. So I mean, no Kindle, uh, Audible, perhaps even. Yeah, how this. how good would that have been for poor Johnny to get the Audible version of Gone with the Wind? So he didn't even need Pony Boy's uh, <laughs> little twenty minute visit. Where <laughs> mm. he's gone. Yeah, I think they added more of uh, Pony Boy reading as well. Uh, some of the things that uh, Frank Frank A took out, uh, he took out like because um, I, I did find the site that kind of made some comparisons. Um, I think it was like movie captions or something, but uh, they they removed like one point where um, the two boys set up like a trap, you know, for for rabbits. You know, they took that out. Um, playing cards i think they took out them playing cards so it was more about them bonding and uh pony boy reading to him uh so they did uh, uh extend that so that, that was kind of interesting um so uh, we talked a little bit about uh dally dallas uh being so extra what do you guys think about the uh the very first encounter that leads up into uh kind of the the murder right so we got pony boy and johnny walking Cherry and her friend Marsha, and then like Bob and Randy kind of pull up. Um, well, it was, I was kind of wondering to myself as I was watching it because initially Johnny, you know, he has this bruise with a cut on his face, and mm-hmm. they're talking about the socias that beat him up. And I remembered his mother slash father or stepfather or whoever it is being really abusive. So the way he was really skittish and wouldn't tell them who exactly the guys were, you know, I was like, was it really even them or was it really his parents? And he's just trying to, like, not draw too much attention to that part of his home life. Um, It's just easier to say it it was them. But um, when he starts looking at the rings on... I can't remember whose finger uh, it was. It was Bob. The one that they Bob killed. Had it was the Bob rings, had the yeah. rings. Okay. So the way he's kind of looking at his rings and looking really uh, kind of scared, you know that it really was him. So Yeah, and they set um, that up, too, in the scene beforehand, too, when uh, they go get the popcorn and stuff. Yeah, Cherry mentions that, um, well, Bob is also a bit of a drunk. So 
I'm thinking in that scene, Bob doesn't even realize that Johnny is a guy that he probably beat up too. Right? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, but but she knew she knew though, because like Pony Pony Boy tells her like he got jumped. Oh by, right. Uh, that's what I was talking about. A guy with yeah. some rings. And oh. she's like, ooh. She kind of yeah. She looks yeah. away a little bit and kind of like, oh my yeah. yeah. Bob wears rings and yeah. So she's very she she's she knows she knows what uh, what's going on there. Um, this is another reason that I like uh, Two Bit uh, because when they're about to throw down Two Bit, like he breaks that bottle, tosses it to Johnny, and pulls out a blade, like all in mm. you know in one not one motion, but it was it was actually pretty, pretty slick. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, 2-Bit is kind of like an unsung hero in, in this movie, in my opinion. Like, I think we could have used more of him. And, you know, maybe, like, in the novel, he, he should have been written as the brother. But I don't know. I mean, we got the scenes with Soda Pop to see, like, that dynamic, that family dynamic. Um, but 2-Bit Matthews, I guess, is just a character that I wish I could have seen. Uh, mm -hmm. One thing, though, like, you know, for this, um, uh, upon watching this movie, I noticed that, like, the dialogue... I wasn't a fan of and if I remember correctly I feel like the dialogue was very similar to that of in the novel and I think that this is where maybe they could have kind of taken some liberties and you know freshen up the the dialogue to make it sound a little bit better and more natural like did you guys have a problem with some of the there were definitely parts where I was like mm, is that how people talk? well it was written by like a 16 year old girl so right <laughs> yeah she she was young but but I know it's adapted from her novel, but they didn't have to, like, try to take the same dialogue. You know what I mean? Like, I feel they could have gotten a script doctor to kind of just sound sound more organic, you know? Because I, I feel like it was a little... Uh, gosh, what's the word? There was times where you could tell they were acting. Yeah, it's just, like, some of the dialogue just wasn't... It was kind of cringeworthy, like, you know? It could, be, could have been the delivery. I know all these guys were really young, but mm -hmm. uh, I think the dialogue was probably the... The, the thing I had the problem with the most in this movie. Yeah, I think the I think Essie Hinton was very involved in the making of the movie. Yeah, which was probably a positive, but also a drawback because I think the core of the story is really really good. But I think you're right; it's the the dialogue is uh, one of the biggest struggles. Yeah, because I think she even makes a cameo in there, and yeah. I remember. Well, does she? She, yeah, she plays one of the nurses. Um, oh, okay. I, I I think I once saw like a uh, I read something somewhere, you know, and um, I think it was about a, a director, and or maybe this is something they do in Hollywood. I don't know. Uh, maybe somebody does, but uh, they tend to not have like the writer on set when they're filming because the writer will always try to, you know, like no, this is the way I wrote it and this this was my vision. But no, you got to yeah. go what the director's vision. Well, because the one of the things I always say is the things that make a book good are not the same things that make a movie good. So mm -hmm. you have to allow for changes at that point. So what do you guys uh, think about the, the the actual murder of Bob there? Well, one of the things that I never understood as a kid that now, unfortunately, life and reality have set in is that... I was always like, but he, but you know, it's self-defense. He was trying to kill him and they had to do it. And, you know, so it didn't make sense to me as a kid why they had to go on the run and why they had to, you know, get out of there. And, but there is such a disparity with their social class that mm -hmm. their word against their word is not going to, not going to come out to be them on top. So it just, 
it, yeah. it, unfortunately, like I said, knowing now what I know, I can see why that was necessary. It was, and I'm glad that they do have that little conversation because, I mean, even white privilege can't save them, right? It's because of their class. Yeah, they're yeah. basically niggas at this point. Yeah, you know, and it was hard to not make that comparison watching this, you know, um, with all the things that have happened in the last, you know, three decades. Um, mm. So I did kind of see that, and yeah, it, it sucks. And they, they, you know, Johnny, he's, you know, he's the wise one. He... He figures it out, or he's just like, "This is what we have to do," um, because Yo, how, we're greasers. How advanced thinking was he? He's like, "Hey, we gotta change our hair color. We gotta cut our hair." I'm like, <laughs> I'm "Like, did he take a crash course in being a criminal? Like, was he not like you prepared?" Know, like, J- Johnny rip? was the gang pet, right? So um, mm. I don't know. Maybe he he hung around with Dally too much. You know, who's uh, probably have a criminal record as long as our arms. Um, he yeah, was a hood, as but, Jerry called him. She she indeed did, uh, mm-hmm. but no, I I definitely kind of raised my eyebrow when he brought the uh, peroxide, right? Because I was all like, <laughs> I remember using that to dye my hair too. Word. Wow. It was a thing Asians kind of did. We like we would grow our bangs out and and dye the bangs. It was it was a style in the nineties. <laughs> wow, For a little like frosted tips, the home version. Frosted tips was after the long bangs. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. We just anyway. as 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 teenage girls in the nineties, we used sun in. It was I like a spray. <laughs> yeah, the spray. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work for for uh, at least for me. It just made my hair kind of like dark brown. Oh, um, yeah. We wanted it more of like a like a blonde and stuff. So peroxide. So yeah, I guess that was still around. I'm about and to do that to my hair, Peter. I I, I want to see it. You you're gonna look like Cisco. Or no, well, no, no, like the the top, the Odell Beckham, where you like get the top. Oh, okay, uh, I got you. No, I'm definitely uh, not doing that. <laughs> um, all right, so they go on the run, and uh, let's jump to the um, saving the kids. Now, this part, uh, this yeah, this part always kind of, uh, I hate to say, bothered me, but like, what, what what was the kids all doing over there at that abandoned? They took a field trip to an abandoned church. Like, yeah. what the fuck is like? Who's in charge? <laughs> like, what the heck happened? <laughs> I know. Because at first, I thought it was a different church. And then I'm like, no, that's where they were staying. Right? Like, so... And the fire no was and the fire was their fault because... Right. Cigarettes. Couldn't, couldn't stop city. smoking in there, but... Yeah, because they, they, uh, Pony Boy says, watch out for your uh, uh, cigarettes or your lights or something. Mm-hmm. Like, he says that. Yeah, yeah cause because... he's falling asleep. Because... Mm-hmm you get the impression that there's nothing around, right? Cause that's what made it kind of safe for them to stay there. You know, there wasn't going to be much traffic, but then you got like this, like a bunch of, like a classroom of kids, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that, right. that are like somehow, I don't know. They one wander off. Where was this movie set supposed to have, supposed to be taking place? The sixties. Uh, oh, okay. So I guess integration had happened. Cause I was like, look at these little black kids and white kids hugging. Like ain't that, ain't yeah. that adorable. I thought that too, but I was all like, Oh yeah, it's like early sixties. Uh, yeah. But I don't think, like, like, don't do that. Don't, don't hug. How, you know, but honestly, I was concerned about the cigarettes and the fire, but I was a little more concerned that they were eating bologna for a week that hadn't right, been refrigerated. Yeah. That's why I, I was like, how did that, yeah. how did that work? Oh, man, I didn't even think about that. Because yeah, no I was wondering, like, are, are they just frying? That's why I was wondering, are they frying it? Like, what is happening? No, they weren't frying it. Come on. I was trying to figure out, like, what they would do, though. Just eat it cold. Well, it wasn't really cold. It wasn't cold. It was, it was warm. <laughs> yeah. Warm. Yeah. yeah, in Oklahoma. And the, we they don't even show, know. They definitely showed a montage of him killing them sandwiches, too. 
If you're hungry, you're hungry. You know, uh, I just there, die. there's one scene that they did add, um, and I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about it, but it's before they found that abandoned church, uh, uh, they have that little talk about... Uh, is it were they trying to get directions from like the oh, two? Oh, yeah, you talk to the construction workers. Yeah, yeah. So that that was new. So that wasn't even. Yeah, part of I didn't the, remember the that first too. But yeah, that was funny though because he was like, "You have to go ask." He's like, "Why me? Why do I have to go ask?" But yeah, you're like a child still, so you can get away with it. Mm. Yeah, it's it's. I thought it was kind of funny, but also you know, in the books they even mention. Um, you know, Pony Boy being like 14, Johnny 16, but they look like in reverse uh, in terms of their appearance. And so oh. it's like, but but so why didn't Johnny go? Even though Johnny's two years older, Johnny should have gone because he looks younger, right? And that's... And that, so is that, that, that's fair, how they acts younger too. They describe it that way in the in the book is that Johnny mm-hmm. looks younger than Pony Boy? Yeah, and that's okay. why like in the, um, at the drive-in, like Cherry makes that or... Um, well, Marsha was about to say, oh, I would have thought whatever. And then, like, Cherry jumps in and so that mm. way nobody's feelings would be hurt. But, yeah, yeah. that's the way to describe in the book, too. Okay. Yeah, it is bizarre how uh, uh, Ralph Macchio does look so, so young. Mm. I mean, like, Karate Kid, too. You know, the the, the original movie, he's, like, so skinny. I think it's, like, <laughs> he's so skinny that what it is, but... Yeah, I think I Wait, read he's too. Twenty-four. How old is he in, the, in this movie? He was like twenty-two when they filmed. Really? And yeah. uh, C. Thomas Howell was like sixteen, and I and I don't I don't know if this was actually true or not because I you know read it on probably the IMDb trivia or whatever or um, so who knows? But there was some tension between Ralph Macchio and C. Thomas Howell on set because huh. he was so young and. Like Ralph Macchio was like trying to be all professional and stuff, so when C. Thomas Howell was kind of screwing around, Ralph Macchio didn't like that. Oh so, wow! I mean, I, I yeah. can see that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Ralph Macchio, I thought it was funny. Like after C. Thomas Howell, like um, you know, bleaches his hair blonde, you you cut off Ralph Macchio's hair and give him a bath, and he's like so much cleaner. Like like early in the movie, he you know because Looks I think- so dirty. <laughs> He's so dirty, but I think in the book he's also described as, you know, being like really olive skinned and stuff like that. And um, it was just kind of crazy to see how much more he cleaned up. But uh, I thought that was kind of interesting. He should have dyed his hair too. You know what I didn't notice as a kid? Huh? That his dad was beating the shit out of his mom. Like, I did not remember that at all. Like, holy oh, crap. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the reason that he kind of like, well, he never didn't even wanted go to be inside. at home. Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know why that just like never like stuck in my head but i was like oh my god like they're like really like going at it. like it was bad mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that always struck me as a kid i always picked up on that but i um i don't know and even now watching it like why would you let him go sleep in the park, in park? or in the yard when he could just sleep on your floor they like th- that's what he said he's like if you get cold, if you get about, cold nigga, like why, why like nigga, why, why am i not going to your house right now like that's what I was <laughs> obviously like, i'm like, gonna be cold okay right. like, we, shouldn't we i just just, talk- just come now or right. you really want me to pretend to go there and get cold like, right that shit was crazy i, I, I guess, guess it was already kids. being used though by somebody else because what's the angry dude that's just reading the paper all the time that's like um, uh was that don't a- talk he was like, thanks for letting me use your pouch. Who was that guy? Oh, Tim. Tim. 
Yeah, okay. yeah. Tim Shepard. Yeah. I'm like, he wasn't. He wasn't really around much, though. Yeah, they they kind of show him here and there, and he's supposed yeah, to have he's some just kind angry. of history. He's just he's just angry man, like in every scene. They never really give him like any backstory. Like he's just another greaser that you know had a run in with uh, I think Derry like early on, but mm. they seem to be okay. Mm. Um, so Dal uh, Dallas comes to visit them. We I just I guess we kind of mentioned that. Uh, let's let's go to uh, let's just jump to the rumble. Um, I I thought the rumble was fine. I, I I feel like it was supposed to be bigger. It was pretty much how I remembered it. I mean, it's hilarious that he's like, just let him fight, please. Come on, like he'll he'll be fine. Oh, yeah. he'll be okay. doesn't if want, you doesn't if you smoke more than one pack of cigarettes today, <laughs> I'm gonna skin you. <laughs> <laughs> a whole pack in a day is fourteen, but okay. But yeah, that I mean, was funny too with the uh, in the hospital scene where he's talking to the uh, fat teacher and he's like, uh, "You got to something something about you got a light or something like that." He's like, "You should be smoking." He's like, "Nigga, you smoking?" He's yeah, like, nigga, I'm grown. Like, <laughs> I'm older than you. Yeah, right. He's like, "Well, you still doing it, bro?" Like I'm like, and he's just like, "Okay, I guess you're right." You, I ain't smoking. <laughs> like I was like, "What?" <laughs> like, and they just continue smoking together. I was like, "Okay." I, I thought that funny, uh, that scene was really funny because, um, you know, his face is all dirty from all the smokes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But C. Thomas Howell would go on to play a blackface oh, character. Oh, yes. I used to watch that movie so much when I was a kid. What's so that what movie is this? Is it um, Soul Man or? Yes, Soul Man. Soul Man. He, mm-hmm. uh, he plays a blackface character uh, in, the, in that. So Ooh. He takes pills that darken his skin. Is you never heard is? of this movie, Devin? Uh, I've never seen it, but yeah. I've heard of it. He yeah. takes, yeah, he takes pills to dark. He he lost his scholarship for law school, and they're giving away a scholarship specifically to a black student. So he oh. finds these pills that he can take that will darken his skin, which were like tanning pills. Oh, okay. And so he starts taking those, and then gets the scholarship, and it's terrible. Hmm. Interesting. He like, like he like learns his lesson at the end when he. Uh, is with a, his girlfriend's black and has uh, she has a black kid. They get back together at the end. Does he remain black? Oh no 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 <laughs> no no. He gets turn white. He or? gets caught. No, he gets caught. It's like a temporary thing. Oh. It doesn't make any sense at all. Let's okay. Be, let's be honest. I mean, it's to a terrible fair, idea. Most white men want to be black. Let's be honest. So he, so he ends up getting caught, and then he has to work. So he's like, like working in like the cafeteria or whatever, so he can work his way through law school instead of cheating with getting the scholarship. And uh, so the girlfriend and her kids see him at the end as a white guy, and I think that they get back together. But it's Ray Dawn Chung, I think her name is. Oh, is that... oh she's the, the love interest. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I, I yeah. might want to watch it just to see how bad it is. I um, I remember seeing it as a kid, and it was just one of those movies that was on a lot. And I liked him, like I I liked him from this, and and you know, so I liked watching movies he was in. But that's one of those movies you look back on and are like, I mean, you it, know it 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 felt terrible at, at the time to me too. Like you can't take this scholarship; you're not entitled to that. You know. Right. But. Um, I think it's funny because that that probably killed his career. Like he's done little things here and there, but not not like these other guys, you know. I don't think anybody really thought there was a problem with it until now. I mean, not now, now, but I mean until years later. 
I think yeah. everybody was like fine with that. Unfortunately, he was he was in a few things. He just has not aged well. I don't know if you've seen pictures of him lately. And not lately, but I remember seeing something. And I was just like, huh. Okay. He Wait, was uh, he was me. in Southland, which was Are a really good s- cop show. You're trying to tell me a white man didn't age well? <laughs> I am shocked. <laughs> That's why Shock. they don't have a saying, right? Hey, right. He, he White actually, does crack. Hey, he married Ray Don, uh, Don Chong. Stop it. Yeah, In 19, real life? 1989 to 1990, so they only lasted a year. Wow. No, he plays a really good asshole. He was in Southland. He was like a horrible, horrible bigot. That's a cop like, show, right? Yes, and he was just, but like, he was like enjoyable was he, was he to watch, man? if that makes sense. What? That was, that was joking. Oh, Lord. I was like, was he? Excellent? Did you see the Liz. picture of him? I, well, I saw the picture <laughs> of him. You know, he. Yeah, I agree with you. But on his Wikipedia, he, it says that he was also uh, one of two final actors in the running to play Marty McFly. Wow. The other being Eric Stoltz, you know, who did get the job wow. uh, originally. That's funny. I. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, back to back to Outsiders, I guess. Yeah, uh, the uh, Rumble. Rumble was fine. I thought it was funny that Pony Boy got sucker punched. Like he was like the very first. He was the first one to get punched. First one yeah. to get punched. And then uh, so after the Rumble or during the Rumble, there, there's one scene that I thought um, uh, one shot that was kind of funny. It's when we get like a panning shot of all the greasers' faces. Like everyone's looking in different directions. Everyone's trying to look tough. You know, mm. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, there's so much emphasis put on looking tough. Mm-hmm. You know. Because they have this this image to uphold, they and they people they they kind of need people to be afraid of them though too, you know. Yeah. So. Right. No. Yep. I agree with that. I, were, were y'all like were y'all here for this? I'm like, so I'm supposed to be getting punched in the face? Is that what we're doing? Like, like is that, is that what no chains, no weapons. They're, they that's, do it y'all's way. Yeah, oh, yep. okay, are we not gonna talk about that, Steve? Because I got thoughts. Oh yeah. So, oh, about so cherry. cherry. Yes. Fuck cherry. <laughs> so Cherry doesn't go visit Johnny in the hospital, um, but uh, you know she also kind of thinks like Bob may have deserved to have gotten killed. I guess. So uh, Devin, your thoughts on Cherry talking to Pony Boy? Uh, she is a terrible person. No wonder why her future husband killed her lover because she is awful. Like, oh my god! Like seriously, she basically said, uh. What, what was the th- statement she made? I wrote it down. Hold on. Uh, her, her rationale about Bob was he had another side. You mean like people will follow him? Like Hitler had another side? Like what are you talking about? Like you didn't really know Bob. Like really? Like he, he tried to drown old boy. <laughs> he beat up uh, Johnny. Uh, yeah, the karate kid. Like this nigga deserved to die and I hope he burns in hell. And like <laughs> you're just like like really like defending him. She and that's the problem is so she knows that it was justified. So she's willing to do the right things to make sure that Johnny and Pony Boy weren't in trouble for what happened. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But only to the point that she still has to stay loyal to his memory and to the socias. So she's yeah, not, not willing to talk to you in school. She's not willing mm-hmm. to je- uh, jeopardize her image to be friends with them. But she's going to do the right thing and make sure that they're not in trouble. But yeah, yeah, at the end when she's at the school and he sees her and she still doesn't say hi to him, like fuck you. I know. I I really thought that she was gonna try to be different, but or like do something, get like acknowledge him in some way. 
Yeah, she she just looks back like twice. But you know what? That was probably realistic. You oh know? yeah, yeah. But Girls yeah, are I, bitches. I think <laughs> I think as uh, as the audience, we want like that happy ending. But uh, you know, say la vie. That's that's how it was between the greasers and socius. You know, I took it as like like I know it wasn't like that, but I was like like I said it before, like the the greasers are like black people, and like it was like integration time where like. She can't be friends with the black people, but she knows that they should be treated like separately. But she just like that's what I that's what I got mm-hmm. to be. I was like, mm. yeah, like, I mean, she. I don't, I'm she not racist, them. but I'm not racist. Yeah, like, she knew them as people, which was more than anybody else had like, you know, done. So she got right. to know Johnny and she got to know Pony Boy just that that one night at the drive-in, but. Yeah, and she secretly really did kind of like Ellie. I was like, when he's driving him, he's like, yeah, that chick Cherry, you think she'd go out with me? Right. (laughs) Unfortunately, probably, because, you know, for whatever reason, she likes really, she picks really terrible mates. And, I mean, Ponyboy was too young for her, but he obviously was a nice, good person with a Mm -hmm. good heart and was smart and would be a great choice. What's he young for her? Yeah, she was driving, so she's sixteen. Like you can't, date, you can't be sixteen and date a fourteen-year-old boy. Not yeah, definitely not around that time. Uh, even oh, if you okay, looked yeah. older. Yeah, that would just be weird. Also, basically, uh, the talk about like when he's like sexually harassing her, like oh, yeah. he really is talking about like the carpet matching the drapes. Oh and yeah. Like, <laughs> How did I like? I, I'm like, I, I guess I was a kid, so of course I didn't notice this. But I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my god, like. Did I watch this in school? Like, oh my god, this is tr- this is crazy. And then that that one point where like two bit flips a girl's skirt up. <laughs> oh yeah, because he's so I don't drunk. Even remember that part? Oh yeah, she. Uh, I think she was like talking to somebody inside the car. He goes up behind her and like flips her skirt up, and he just starts laughing hysterically. Oh yeah, there were some problematic uh, scenes here. And, oh, but yeah. they weren't problematic at the time. It's like when old boy, like, what's the thing in Back to the Future where he almost sleeps with his mom or something, or or some or Biff was about to rape her or something. Both. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> both, <laughs> of those, the, both of those happened. <laughs> okay. Woo. Yeah, uh, but to kind of piggyback on like the, um, uh, I guess the realization with like Cherry and the greasers, it, it's very similar to the one with Randy and Pony Boy inside the car. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, He's just like, Randy's all like, why'd you save those kids? I wouldn't have done it. Like, yeah, because really? you're a terrible person. Yeah, clearly you're terrible. If you, you know, if you can say like, no, I wouldn't have done it. You you got to, I mean, I think a, a better person would have been like, I don't know. I don't know if I could have done it. It's, it's brave of you guys that you guys did that. But I, I like that scene, but I think it could have written, been written better for sure. Well, yeah, I mean... It, because it, uh, the the message is like you know we we are one in the same despite our classes or our our labels. I think it wasn't so much we're one in the same. It was he's realizing they're real and good people. Just mm, you know okay. they're just like they may cool. not look soft and good, but they really are. And these socias have the right clothes and the right looks and the right cars, but they're inside not necessarily great people. Right. Mm. Do y'all think uh, back to the uh, part where they were walking home with a two bit? Do you think that her friend gave her, him a real number or no? Maybe. Cause she he got the number, but he says he he says it's a fake, and he's like, I probably should have asked for it anyway. I was when I was like, I I kind of want to know if she gave you the digits or not. Like, cause her friend, I'm a, I'm gonna be honest, it was like she needed some dick, and it, she might have been down for two bit. I'm just saying. She might have, so 
perhaps might have yeah. been like secretly not like they you know couldn't go to the drive-in together but they could probably privately go park somewhere Shout out to uh, Michelle Mayrink, who plays Marsha. Uh, she was also in uh, Real Genius, a movie I reviewed, but also interviewed uh, Gabriel Jarrett, who was in that movie. So, shameless plug there. But can we talk about his death? We can talk about his death. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, that, that was a little bit different, too, than the theatrical release. Was it? Because it Just felt the a same little to me. Bit. They, yeah. uh, it's like leading up to it. I, I think there okay. was a couple other things that, that happened. Very brief. I think it was like a minute and a half. Uh, I think I might have seen that was um, added right before it. But it doesn't change okay. anything. Yeah. yeah. The the weird thing about Daly was that even though he was so tough, he really, that was his family. You know, kind mm. of like how he's telling Johnny in the car, you know, yeah, so my dad doesn't care about me either. And I don't care. And whatever like these people really had made their own family with each other instead mm. of their their blood family in in most cases so um it was um the only other thing that i i wanted to say too about them saving the kids do you think it would have played differently or do you think um if johnny would have been the one that went in first like he's the one that ends up paying the ultimate price and dying for it but he almost went in just to get pony Mm. And then obviously started saving the kids, but hmm, I think it would have ch- changed a little bit. Uh, I I think with Ponyboy I going can be first, I'm oh, sorry. No, just the, with Ponyboy going first, it just kind of makes him a little bit. It just adds to his character, right? You know, like how right. he wanted to be in the Rumble later on, so it it just kind of made sense. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, it would have been different, but I don't think that much different, really. Yeah, I don't think because he was always sympathetic to me. I mean, from the jump, like so, whether he went in to save his friend or the kids, I mean, like he was still, like it's still the same to me. He was still ultimately one of the better people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's only like three in the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, if we really think about it, like who's really a good person in this movie? Pony Boy, Boy. Johnny, Johnny. Two bit, can we say that two bit means well? He has some very good moments. Like I really, and this is a scene that was added in too when he confronts uh, Johnny's mom when yes. she tries to come see him. Oh yeah, you uh, yeah. I felt bad yeah. for her too because like we saw her getting her ass whipped in the beginning and then like. But she was apparently an alcoholic, so yeah. Well, I mean, but I don't know. Was it Johnny's? Was it? I for some reason I feel like it was Johnny's stepdad. Oh, was it? I don't know. But I'm not sure. That I, feel I like, don't no, remember. No, it's, I feel like it's his dad because he's like, the only time he pays attention to me is when he's beating on me. I feel like that's like a dad thing that you would say. Yeah, that's a, that's a good-ass line, too. You know, it's yeah. just so, it's it's heartbreaking, you know, but that's right. true, mm-hmm. you know, in abusive families. Yeah, because I, th- I think Dally was like in the, oh, gosh, he, he had a line. I don't know that made Johnny say that, too, but that was a good dialogue between the two. Yeah. But Dally wasn't, definitely a good person but he also sort of meant well with these kids like right. he was willing he was willing to put himself on the line to kind of protect oh, them definitely. like he gave them 50 dollars easy peasy like off rip like yeah take this which that's like, not that's like a ton of money in the 60s yeah that's how i was like oh, that's what i was about to say like how much was that like and a gun yeah 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 take my take this here's a pistol uh but <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought was it Pony Boy or was it uh, the Karate Kid that was thirsty when they first get it there? It was Pony Boy because he's like trying to go to the party. He's like, "Nigga, look, we gotta go upstairs." Like, <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, what are you doing? He's like, "I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do what you were doing, bro." Like, I'm just, I he's like, "Nah, I was sleeping." Was that a bar, by the way? Like, yeah, was also a bed. Yeah, it was uh, like a tavern. Yeah. Um, that that's all I got. I don't. Oh, have... but no, like the, the death uh, scene. What did you want to say about the death scene? Like the actual oh. death is just like, man, it was it, it, to say that he was such a bad character. It still like is like tragic to like lose your best friend like that and to know that he doesn't know how to like express his emotions, and then that happens. Like yeah, what, and then like the part where he calls. Uh, what, what, what's the oldest brother's name? Patrick. Jerry. Gary. Gary. Yeah. Yeah. Like he he was already shot at that point. Like so he was he probably gonna die at that at that point already. Um, maybe. Yeah. I mean, um yeah, I remember being kinda sad about that when I was a kid for sure. To, to see them they they lost so much in such a short time. Mm-hmm. Like this is all like in like two days. Yeah. So what did you think about the additions to the end where they added in the court scenes and they added in um, the aftermath, sort of? So, I uh, personally, I like the added court scene because I know that they um, told us that it was going to happen. I liked seeing it because I think it makes um, Cherry more of a, of a bitch at the end. You know, and uh, what, what was he exactly on trial for? Or was that just me? Oh, man, well, Johnny was on for manslaughter, but I think the fact that um, Pony yeah, Boy Pony was there, Boy was too. Yeah, Pony Boy was on trial. Yeah, but I Johnny think, had died at that point. Well, Johnny has died, but uh, also Bob's death. Like, he could have been an accomplice, you know, and I think uh, Cherry oh, okay. was there to give her testimony that, you know, to, to kind of, like, be in his defense. Oh, okay, because they showed, like, all the other people that were there jumping him, so I was like, what is, like, what is this trial actually about? Yeah, I think they were deciding whether um, charges were going to be brought against so it was like them. A, was a grand ju- not a grand jury. I don't know if they said not guilty or if they just they said she, she said not guilty. Okay, so yeah, yeah I guess yeah, so- uh, she said the court is adjourned and all that. Yeah, yeah. and then like they get he gets to stay with his family. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Yeah, and you know what I liked about that too was that the problem didn't really go away. Like so, so they were. You know, he was gone, and he was so sad to be away, and they all missed him so much, and they were sad mm-hmm. that he was gone, and they get him back, but they still have the same problem, which is that... They go for a run. Dairy. They, you yeah. know, Derry can't keep it together, and Ponyboy still thinks that Derry hates him, and so their their family problems still existed. Which was also awkward, too. They're just having family dinner. He's like, yeah, man, I'm about to put you through college, me and your brother. I, why you hate me so much? Nigga, did <laughs> I just say that I'm going to put you through school? Like, I was like, how did we get here? Did well, y'all notice that, too? But it's the way that he he's always, like, making him feel guilty for that. Also, uh, Patrick Swayze, hella slow. Like, Apparently, yeah, like, you're supposed uh, to be a football player, <laughs> but right, it, I like, mean, they it's... all just pulled away from this thing. He's like, I'll, I'll catch up with you. I'll catch up with you, Pony Boy. He's probably like, four or five years one. removed, though. You know, I mean, right. he's still he's still in good shape, but uh, maybe he was yeah, po- maybe he's smoking a pack a day. <laughs> could have been, could have been. Yeah. Uh, so I did see that uh, there was a a continuation in the form of a TV show, and it only lasted one season. Uh, completely different cast, but the same characters. 
So um, I am kind of curious. So Dallas was dead and Johnny was dead, or yeah, I think they, they yeah, those two because uh, it, it, it says off. right, it says that it picks up right after the events of the movie. Um, so I haven't seen anything about like a remake, and I I am actually kind of surprised that at this point this is one of those that hasn't been right. And and I don't even think that this is one that you can say like oh it's untouchable because I don't think this is a perfect movie. And I'm not saying that like uh, perfect movies are uh, exempt from being remade as well. But I think. You know, I can't say like, oh, with a better director, because it's it's Frankie, right? You know, he's he's directed the freaking Godfather movies, uh, but I think a better direction and a better script could make this, uh, you know, a better movie. That that's that's my biggest criticism of the movie is like the script, and um, I think maybe Frankie was uh, a little too kind because there's there's so many kids on set that he wasn't trying to be hard on them in terms of like directing them for like certain emotions and things. Um, maybe it's the cast at the time, you know, they just weren't hitting their strides yet, but I, I feel, you know, now uh, with how, um, you know, young actors can be like really strong. I, I think a remake could actually uh, maybe even be better than this. Movie. Yeah. Um, I only have two other questions. Do you think he meant stay gold? Like, Keep that blonde hair, Pony Boy, because it looks really great on you. <laughs> I'm gonna say no on that one, only because it's not played for laughs. But I uh, know I was kidding. No, no, I know, I know, but um, I I would have loved that, but I don't. I also don't take Johnny uh, as a, um, you know, like a Joker like that. Like I feel that that would have been like two bit, you know, or that was uh, one of their best parts of the movie, by the way, when they were changing their hair. He's like. Dude, why are you crying, man? I gotta cut mine too. I'm like, <laughs> like, like he, he, like he even gives. He's like, it's gonna grow back, pony. And I'm like, yeah. nigga, it's gotta grow back for you too. Like, what the hell is right. happening? I gotta wash my hair. It's just hard for me. Like, but <laughs> if you want to add like some levity to that scene, you know, with uh, with Johnny, I think like two bits should have been like, you think he's talking about your hair? Like, you know, I think I could use that line. <laughs> um, no. And the other thing was, I read that the letter that. Soda was reading at the table was a Dear John letter from his girlfriend that she had got. Mm. She cheated on him and got pregnant and had to move away. Mm. So, yeah, I was you know the one he I said he wanted that, to marry. Yeah, I forgot to mention that because I was I was like, so did we never we knew, so we never saw her right? No, right. We also didn't mention Tom Cruise. Who? <laughs> Tom Cruise was he in the movie? Yeah, so this is before he fixed his teeth, um, and also all he did was like do flips off of cars. <laughs> like that's all I saw him do. Oh, Tom Cruise um, was really in this movie. Yeah, he, he yeah. played Steve. He was the one who was like basically the first scene where they're they chase off the socias, and I think he was the one who was like dr- grabbing onto the car as it was driving away. Oh, okay. So that then he comes back. And he's out. like, "Look what happened, to my hand pony." Thanks a lot. Uh, Devin, you don't remember him doing like a flip off the car? That was also early on in the movie. That was right after that, actually. They're in front of the house and Steve does like a, f- a backflip off of the hood of a car. I think he falls I'm, weird. Like, they, do, they do more. He does that again when they're on their way to the rumble. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do. Yeah. Okay, I remember. I didn't know that was Tom Cruise, though. That's that Tom Cruise. Tom. Uh, I didn't even know that he... Cherry was Diane Lane, who I would come oh, to oh, love when she's she unfaithful. So, in that... She's so cute in this one. Um but uh, Tom Cruise also, he was um, the one eating, like, the chocolate cake, 
in that one scene. Ch- oh, Chuck- oh, Chuck- the other question is, who made that chocolate Thank you! They probably bought it. No, I don't think you can even buy those nice cakes like that back then. Like, they were struggling, right? Or were they, like, they were supposed to be struggling, right? Or not really. Because I felt like they were pretty set. Like, they had a nice TV, uh... They, I'm assuming they had a car that wasn't pushed to start like uh, I mean, Emilio Estevez's. The, the, their parents died, so it's not like this is their stuff. This is like you know their parents' house, and they probably still had some stuff left over. And I'm sure, I'm sure people could read instructions a, they, on how to make cake. Their refrigerator was full of beer because uh, Coach Bombay comes open, open a brew. Like so, clearly, like they got extra to give people. I'm like, damn, like they ain't struggling. <laughs> like it don't look like it. I mean, even low like, income people aren't that, quite struggling, you know. I mean, he was offered to make people breakfast and shit. He's like, "Nigga, you just made me mess up my omelet." Like, I'm like, <laughs> he like, was bad, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I was like, damn, like y'all, y'all living the life mm, to be white in the '60s. Mm. Yeah, Tom mm. Cruise's old teeth were really bad. Yeah, like how? Were. How did he even get that movie with that with those teeth? Oh, well. You know, you, you can uh, argue and say that his character has been in a lot of fights and probably lost a tooth. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, he did. Yeah, that's why he has, like, one single tooth in the middle of his grill, you know? So you, if you ever look at that, his his uh, his teeth isn't exactly symmetrical. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at those pictures right now. <laughs> so the only other thing I have to add is, like, my idea of a remake. Uh, I have mentioned this on some... Some shows, I, I don't know if I actually mentioned it on here, but uh, there's an upcoming episode of Original Remake that I brought it up in because uh, my co-host there, Mike, uh, who also does Sober Cinema, they released an episode on The Outsiders, which it was his first time watching, which is actually kind of interesting to me. But um, when I was a lot younger, matter of fact, I think I was still in high school, I tried paying my little brother to uh, write out the dialogue in the movie because I wanted to do like a film myself. Because I originally I wanted to be a director when I was in high school, and I did little shorts here and there, none of which can really be found because there wasn't any way to store media, you know. So it was a bunch of tapes that I probably lost over the years. And then I, after high school, I enlisted into the military. So it was in the military where I thought, oh wow, the Outsiders could be turned into a military movie, you know, because the Curtis brothers, right, Pony Boy, Soda Pop. Dairy, you know, like it, it can all be nicknames, you know, that they are given. They don't even have to be brothers. Um, Two Bit Matthews, you know, like that that name. Um, and I always thought that, you know, it could be like an active duty component versus the weekend warriors who are often looked at as, you know, part time soldiers. And, um, you know, uh, tensions collide, and then there's this big rumble at the end, you know, to fight, like, who is the better squad kind of deal. Uh, I thought that would translate pretty well. Uh, so that's my remake, if I were able to ever do one. And, and I'm sure it wouldn't be hard. I still have a lot of Army buddies that are in the area. You know, we got the uniforms, and, <laughs> you know, uh, we can shoot it on a freaking iPhone, you know, according to Steven Soderbergh. So, um you know, maybe, maybe if I get some kind of like Kickstarter, maybe I can uh, still do this. But that's always something I've I wanted to do. So The Outsiders is kind of like near and dear to my heart because like I I did enjoy the book, I enjoyed the movie, and I even wanted to like adapt the movie like uh, as my own and do a remake myself. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, so any any other thoughts, Devin? Anything else from you uh, in in here? No, just all these people are horrible. <laughs> Uh, like, I just never. I it did like watching it now as like from watching it as a kid. It's just like dang, like 
it's, it's one of those movies where you just like, damn, how did I miss all this stuff? Oh, like, but I guess you just yeah. have it. Yeah, like a different set of mind. It's just like crazy. Yeah, we're, we're much it. more innocent times back then, you know. So a lot of things. I'm like, how did I watch this in middle school? <laughs> like, I'm like, did we sign a permission slip for this? Because you don't remember, like, do y- did y'all have those permission slips that y'all had to sign to watch in school? Uh, not for this movie. Um. So, I just found this. It says Tom has never been shy about flaunting his less than perfect smile. When he played Steve Randall in 1983's The Outsiders, a young Tom voluntarily removed the cap from a front tooth that had been chipped by a flying puck in a hockey match. We're impressed with his willingness to do anything for his job, even if it, even if it puts a flaw out in the public eye. Oh, good for him then, uh, for for that anyway. So I want to thank you guys again uh, for uh, joining in on this. Um, we don't do uh, ratings e- anymore, at least um, you know not since the last time you guys were uh, on here. But what I do do is I pull up like the IMDb and the Rotten Tomatoes, and we'll kind of talk about those scores. Uh, they're not too far apart. IMDb uh, has it at seven point two out of ten, so I think you know the majority of audience uh, members do like it. But Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave it a sixty three percent. Wow. Is that good or bad? Yeah, so they, they didn't uh, like this one as much. Um, just because oh. I have it here, uh, Roger and Ebert gave it two and a half out of four. So that's still right in line, I think, with um, everybody else. But w- w- what would you guys agree with more uh, of those ratings? I think seven out of ten is a pretty decent uh, mark for how okay. I feel about it. I mean, some of it, like you said already the dialogue isn't perfect and a lot of the looks mm. of it are a little cheesy you know like the fake sunset and um mm. you know mm. just the way it was shot in some ways it just didn't have the uh quality there maybe yeah it it really doesn't feel like francis Ford like Coppola, the a couple the of... weird johnny uh voiceover when he's reading the letter at the end where he's like it's almost yeah. like oh, yeah. hologram-esque where it's just like in a weird way i don't know you know i forgot something i did want to mention now that we're talking uh I miss drive-in theaters. Like, do y'all still have drive-ins where y'all live? We used to have one, and I feel like they're actually going to bring that back. I think I read somewhere recently. Like, they need, like, like your low-key. And then they had, like, a seating area at the drive-in. I was like, that. that's kind of, like, that's yeah. kind of sweet. Like, Yeah. No, I, I like my theater live. inside in a comfy recliner. <laughs> look, look, okay, look, we all can't afford recliners, Liz. <laughs> now, now they have Some what they call a cuddle go- couch. So it what? it's like um, kind of like a, a love seat. seat, yeah. So like it still has a place. CD, uh, PDA. It's a place you can put your feet up. Know, right? They're in the uh, front row, so nobody can see any uh, nonsense oh, so going on. But um, oh. but no, so that they will stop some people, I'm sure. <laughs> did you did you notice how Liz thought, like like she talked like she was had experience like nobody? I've yeah. never no, sat. Not, not that I know. Yeah, like, I've never sat on a cuddle couch. So that's no, a... we we sat. We sat in the back row in our recliners for the movie Blockers. I bet you ain't gonna go, go, go see Acrimony like I told you to. No, because you spoiled the movie and told me what happens. So there's so much stuff that I left out that the like the nuance of the 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 story. Like there's so much stuff that you need. To... Have you seen Black Panther yet? No, I don't mm, really do well, superhero movies, so it's not. No, specifically... or you don't do that superhero movie. It's the no, number three movie of all time, Liz. I don't watch any superhero movies, so I haven't watched any of the Avengers. None of it. This is Black Panther. All right. Well, uh, my my recommendation is Ready Player One. Um, 
But uh, you know, I, was, I saw that. I was like, "What is this? Like, oh, who cares?" No, I I was curious if you'd watch that, and I knew that it wouldn't be for you because uh, you wouldn't oh, get the okay. references. <laughs> uh, I was about to say, like, I'm I, I saw it on, when I was going to see Acrobody. Yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely like a Peter movie. Like, I ate that shit up. I I watched it twice. You know, uh, did the review. I I want to do a commentary with you too. Uh, no, I didn't. No, I said you should go see. Oh, it. I should. Oh, I I'm gonna watch it when it comes out on DVD. But uh, for the listeners, I'm trying to end this here. For the listeners, if you guys enjoyed the banter between Liz and Devin, catch them on TV at My Brain covering Nashville. Uh, but Liz, what what are some of the other shows that uh, you currently cover? Uh, Riverdale, what else? Just Riverdale. Just Riverdale okay. and Nashville. That's all I got going on right now. We're going to be finding a new show to cover. The, uh, you got something coming up on True Romance uh, Film Podcast, friend of the show? Uh, I did. Uh, it was already released. We did Game Night. That's on the True Romance, oh, okay. yeah. So I guessed it on there to talk about Game Night, which was which was a pretty good movie. That's what I heard, and yeah, you know, I don't I don't do too many new releases on here, so uh, I did know that you were uh, recently a guest. So uh, check that out uh, if you guys have seen Game Night and haven't heard a podcast. I guess check out True Romance. Hyro's been on here. I've collaborated with him new, a number of times. I recently I was on there myself, and we did A Wrinkle in Time. So um, if you enjoyed that movie, maybe stay away from that one because we were very hard on it. We were all very critical. <laughs> of that movie. Uh, Devin, what about you? Uh, anything new you're working on or what, what can listeners catch you on? Because I know you haven't put out any We Got Fives, any LRPs. Look, so. I got look. I, like I said, I got to catch up on The Walking Dead. <laughs> uh, now that I'm, like, I've seen the episodes. I got a podcast about them. So we'll be catch up on that, catch up on We Got Five. Uh, maybe a new direction of We Got Five coming soon. Who knows? Whoa, uh, okay. that's new to me. All right. I told you I got thoughts, Peter. I had fifteen hours of, of driving. I, I had a lot of thinking going on. Uh, like I said, uh, soon things come after Nashville with me and Liz. You know what I'm saying, Liz? Okay. You gotta find something to do. I, I, I need I my list time. Like just topics. I, I didn't know a new direction possibly. No, so, no, right. no, no, new direction. So uh, also, uh, what else I do on TV? Eight my brain. Uh, power, power, Power's power back. has yes has a release date of July first. So uh, that'll be me and Jamel and possibly another co-host because you know she'll be a mother at that time. So got something working there. But uh, yeah, uh, I also do Insecure and Big Little Lies and Big Little Lies. There you go. Because we have Meryl Streep. Meryl fucking Streep. There you go. I might have to start watching it now because they started to add more more. You know, some yo big little lies. I love those white women. Also, <laughs> uh, Liz is a huge fan of Insecure without watching the show. Hmm. Hmm. All right. She likes to tell me that I'm wrong, even though I'm right. If she just watched the freaking show, Lawrence is a faithful, faithful non fuck boy black man like myself. I don't. I don't get the reference because I don't watch the show. But uh, I'm sure maybe some of the uh, HBO listeners or viewers, Liz listeners, got it. you know, ain't that right, Liz? You're wrong. <laughs> okay. Again, catch him on the Nashville for more of this. Uh, but for me, you guys... Oh, actually, you know what, Devin? Where can they find you on uh, the internets if they want to uh, talk to you there? Uh, at Twitter, at Devin Lamar. With two R's. And oh, Liz? I am at E-Liz Plum, E-L-I-Z-P-L-U-M-M. 
So two M's. Two M's. Liz, uh, Liz Plum with two M's. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those will both be on the show notes uh, if you guys want to check that out. Uh, for me, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Podstalgic. Um, I also recently started a new group page for all of my content, uh, Podstalgic and Friends. So just type that into Facebook and you'll find it. Um, in there, I'm posting things like, hey, this is what I'll be covering if you want to leave uh, comments and feedback. Uh, and also, I post all new episodes. Um, the idea is that I'm approaching four years now that I've been doing this show. And I uh, I don't interact with very many of my listeners um, on a regular level, but I have in some capacity. So I started the group page hoping to interact with more of my listeners, you know, to be, uh, you know, in a more intimate setting. Uh, you know, one of my other co-hosts, Michael Denniston, is also in there. And he's kind of a troll, you know, so uh, he's, I'm posting things about original remake, remake, and he's like, oh, I hate those guys, you know, so he's in there trying to like stir things up, you know, having a good time. Not a lot of people in there right now, but, you know, um, it's about to add plus one, bro. You know, just trying to carry on the conversations, you know, with the the movies. So if you are a listener that have been enjoying the you know the movies that I put out, the episodes I put out, come on in there and let's talk about more of these movies and some of the things that maybe I missed, uh, you know, while reviewing and stuff. Uh, so that's gonna do it for me. Um, again, I want to thank my my uh, my guests here, and we have a number of movies uh, that they want to come back on for. <laughs> Uh, and before I completely end it, uh, I want to read a couple of reviews that I did have. So um, if you've been listening and haven't yet uh, left a review, re- a review, please consider doing so. It'll really help out the visibility of the show. Um, this first uh, review I got is from Thomas Coe. Uh, it says, a fun look back at all of yesteryear. I'm assuming it cuts off, you know, because Apple Podcasts does that, but it is five stars. Peter is, hands down, one of the best in the podcasting scene, and the enthusiasm he brings to this show is absolutely infectious. The best compliment that I can give this show is that when you're listening to him talk about an old movie that you and he both love, you really want to join the conversation. And when he's talking about a movie that you and he disagree on, you want to join in the con- uh, just the same. So if you love the movies from yesteryear and today, then you can't go wrong. Give it a chance and you'll be hooked. So uh, thank you, Tom, friend of the show. Um, you know, listeners will remember that he was also on all of the uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies and also all the Karate Kid movies, which he will return for the uh, Cobra Kai series. So um, yeah, thanks, Tom, for that. And the next one is from Photo Guy Tex. Uh, Did someone say Time Machine? And this is also five stars. Peter's the best at bringing you back at the movies you grew up with and making you feel young again. Nostalgia at its best. Uh, listen to Postalgic for some great memories and great overview of some of the best films ever made. Um, I really appreciate that, guys. Uh, you know, I do do the show myself. Got to get all the the guests, uh, do all the editing, you know, stuff that you guys don't really care about. But um, it it really does make me feel good when people leave reviews to, um, you know, because the uh, if not for the reviews, I don't hear it anywhere else. So uh, I really appreciate that. So again, please consider leaving an iTunes review. Uh, and if you don't want to write anything, there's always the option of leaving a star rating as well. So uh, thank you guys for your continued support all these years. And I will see you guys next time. Peace. Bye.
Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.